0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And we're here to bring you another, uh, the latest installment in the movie flashback series. So those of you who have been listening for a long time um, will know that we've gone through some movie flashback episodes, and then what we're doing here recently is doing like the movie flashback Flashback part twos. Yeah, like the 2.0, which is basically... Um, For those of you who don't know, um, I have been tracking the list of movies that I've seen that have been released during that calendar year every year since the year 2013. So what we did is we went through 2013 all the way through even 2022, I think, that we've done movie flashbacks. Um, And then what we have done since then is gone back. What
1: Zach has done.
0: Well, yeah. What I have done, and I've dragged Madeline with me, um, is basically gone back and gone, okay, So here's the list of movies I saw in 2013. I ranked them. I did my top five. Now, how many more movies that were released in 2013 have I seen in the intervening years? Let me add those to the list. I'll rank them, see if my top fives change. And it's kind of an interesting experiment to see, like, does my top five stay the same now that I've seen a bunch more movies since then? Has it changed dramatically? Maybe I you know, have a completely different top five, or maybe my favorite movie of the year has now changed for something that I've seen in the intervening years. It's just kind of an interesting look back. Um, so that's what this is. This is the year 2015. Um, so if you're tuning into this and you want to hear the original movie flashback for 2015 and the original top five, go back and take a look at that episode. I want to say we posted that late last year at some point. I, want, I think it's like in October or November. I'd have
1: to look Probably 2021. 20, I think it was actually late last
0: year. I want to say I was looking at it the other day. It's it was like late last year. I think. I can for a twenty fifteen I mean, flashback.
1: Yeah. No, it's gotta be. Let's, let's like check 2021. right now. Twenty twenty one. I'll look.
0: I'll look too. And for anyone listening, obviously you have our stream on whatever podcast streaming service you're choosing to listen to this on. So let me. Go and if here. you don't listen
1: to us, um, then what are you doing?
0: The Peaky Fucking Blinders. Hmm. We have to look at the Flashback Flashback, remember? Because <laughs> that's what these are.
1: I thought you were talking about the original 2015 episode. Oh, not the... Oh, okay. That's what, oh, that's what I thought you were okay, talking okay, about. Okay, sorry. There's sorry. no point for them to go back to I understand the 2014 what you're saying Flashback now. Flashback. I understand
0: what you're saying now. What I was thinking of, the 2014 Flashback Flashback was in October of 22 that's what i was referring to you're talking about the original 2015 so so if you go back to the 2014 that will have
1: no help on this episode whatsoever (laughs) so go back to the original 2015
0: one i'm sorry i misunderstood what you were saying Um, you're right you're right that was probably back in 2021 that'll
1: help much better instead of being like well none of the same fucking movies are on these lists right, right i just wasted my time
0: so obviously you can go back listen to that entire episode um the original list of movies was 51 movies long. Um, I won't go back through all of those movies. We'll just go over the, the movies that I have added to the list that I have seen since then that were 2015 releases. And then we'll go over if there's been any changes to the top five. And I also have a couple movies that I wanted to shout out as like some, some underrated movies from that year that I think are really good that, that didn't make top five. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any thoughts before we dive into this? And I think we're also, on on the flashback flashbacks, we're not going into the winner of Best Picture that year and the highest-grossing movies because we did that on the original go-around. So, that obviously, that info hasn't changed. Um, So, on the original 2015 movie flashback episode, at the very end of the episode, we go over which movie won Best Picture that year and what the highest-grossing movies of the year were. So, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, that's all covered on the original episode. We won't go over that
1: here. I will say, I think... Out of the years we have done, this might be the one I've seen the most movies in. Oh, nice! At least okay. so far. I mean, it's not going to be me completely being quiet, watching shit on my TV. <laughs> this episode, I've you know, at least for the the newer ones, I've seen a decent amount of them. I mean, okay, not half, but like a decent amount that I can at least have my input in. And I can't um, remember,
0: obviously, what how many you had seen the original go around, but have you seen quite a bit from the original yeah, list Yeah, I've as well?
1: seen a decent amount from okay, the original. Cool. I've seen like, yeah, I'll count them up when you're going through and just be like, yeah, out of the 712 movies here, I've seen 15. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so there's
0: if I'm just looking at it real quickly, there's 51 on the original list and there's 25 that I've added to that since then.
1: 76 movies.
0: Yeah, so I've seen a lot of 2015 From the year of 2015. Yeah, so... um, All right, well, if you don't have anything else to add, we'll just dive right in, and we'll go through the new list. All Um, these
1: movies suck. That's what I'll add. Nah, bruh, nah.
0: Um, Okay, so an update, the new list... Of movies that I have seen in the intervening years that were 2015 releases. Are you going based releases.
1: on your stars? Or are you just going to go? I'm based doing on um, alphabetical. You, okay, I'm just going to do alphabetical. Yeah, I think that works better than being like we're in the two yeah. and a half stars because right. all these movies fucking suck. <laughs> let's just li- list them off.
0: Yeah, I, I I like to play with the filters and kind of you know filter it by stars, filter it by um, you know alphabetical. But for the sake of this, we'll just do alphabetical. Um, okay, so, yeah, without further ado, the new list of movies, the first one on the list is a movie called Black Hat. Um, have you seen Black Hat? Nope. Okay. Black Hat is not super memorable. I actually re-watched it recently on Netflix. It made a little Netflix go-around. Um, it's a Michael Mann movie, and Michael Mann's probably most famous for directing Heat with uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and he's done a bunch of other movies, too, but... It stars Chris Hemsworth as like a hacker essentially, and he gets recruited by the government to help them track down some other hacker who's threatening terrorist activity or whatever. I don't really remember a lot of the plot details. Um, people have kind of made fun of this movie for being like the main character is a computer hacker and yet he's looks like Thor. <laughs> he's a tall, blonde, oh, handsome, you jacked dude. Don't sit dude. behind a desk all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's kind of funny that he plays the hacker, but um, it's a good. Like uh you know, sort of espionage action thriller, you know, uh, Chris Hemsworth obviously gets his hands dirty a little bit and gets into some like some shootouts and hand to hand combat scenes and stuff like that. but um, it's got
1: good entertainment value it's
0: It's entertaining. Um, like I said, I caught it on Netflix. It's a good Netflix watch if it's if it's free on a streaming service you have, I would recommend checking it out if you like those type of movies. other than that, I gave it about two and a half stars out of five. I mean it's it's decent, nothing to nothing to write home about um next up is a movie called bridge of spies have you seen bridge of spies it's not ringing a bell no nope. so this is the steven spielberg movie from just a few years ago that got nominated for and this is like right in the range of from movies. just a few
1: years ago from eight years ago you gotta remember I mean, these it, were I, all released in 2015 i guess
0: it i guess it depends on what you consider a few is eight a few probably not <laughs> or is eight like five
1: i'm a few years past my prime
0: your eight years yeah i don't know eight years yeah. ago is a while it's like, almost yeah. a decade yeah it is a while no, that's not a few so this is in the run of movies of movie releases from steven spielberg who you know obviously is one Terrible. of the greatest directors of all time oh, we, I mean, yeah. we covered him um a lot on our last episode the greatest runs of all time he was on that barstool bracket we didn't really cover um, him too
1: much because he lost to chris nolan he, he did lose yeah so. but i mean
0: come on it's chris for nolan what do you want from me Um, But anyway, the guy's been working and releasing absolutely tremendous movies since the year 1975. The guy's been around in Hollywood for a long time, for decades, been making great movies. This is one of the movies towards... I'd have to kind of look at the IMDb to see where this era for him kind of started. But to me, I look at this recent era of Steven Spielberg movies. It's kind of similar to what Clint Eastwood has been doing as a director in his later years. Where I kind of look at these as like the, oh, he's... He's the old white man who's like looking at historical events and wanting to direct movies about them, and a lot of them end up being kind of boring. A lot of these, in my opinion, would be more captivating if they were just simply documentaries that I watched, to be completely honest. A lot of them are really slow. I mean, a lot of them feature... Like, this movie features really great acting performances. It's got Tom Hanks. Um, I believe the, the plot line of this is basically it's like a cold war set thing where basically Tom Hanks is like a lawyer who has to go to Russia and negotiate a prisoner exchange between the United States and Russia and Mark Rylance, who actually won an Oscar for this movie. I think it was like best supporting actor, um, basically negotiate this hostage, hostage exchange. And it takes place on this bridge, hence the name bridge of spies. Um, I gave it three out of five. It's it's pretty watchable. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. I mean, most Steven Spielberg movies, whether they're, you know, super exciting, like Saving Private Ryan and it's a war movie, or it's something more political in nature, like this, they're all very watchable. I just think it's a little slow. There's a lot of Steven Spielberg's recent movies and Clint Eastwood's recent movies have left me with that impression of just like, this is really slow. It'd be, I would make the comparison of like, have you ever heard people talk about like, uh, Dad fiction, like books written by Dan Brown or John Grisham, are like every dad who reads reads those type of books. You yeah. know what I mean? They're like spy novels or like lawyer novels, shit like that. Um, this is kind of the like new
1: balances of the book world. Yeah,
0: yeah, basically. And not to say there's not good entries in those type of books. I'm sure those type of books are really interesting. It's just like. Dads are like the demographic for that. Like right. that that's what they're marketed towards, right?
1: They're, they're not gonna read a newer genre of book. They're yeah. stuck in this like we need yeah. we need
0: more of the It's like, ooh, a spy thriller set in World War Two. I'm all over that. It's like, like
1: that's it's like my grandpa, you know, every time I went over to their house, those westerns were on the TV. Yeah, and it's westerns. like we it's would change it to you know, you change yeah. it to straight out of Compton and he's like Yeah, he's out. The fuck he's is out. this? And you're <laughs> like I mean, do I got to go back to a Western? And all of a sudden it's a Clint Eastwood yeah, Western movie. Yeah, he's like, oh, Pale all Rider, fire it like, up. Let's go. Fuck. Like, I just wanted to watch <laughs> It's the same thing. It's show. the same thing.
0: Like, the the demographic for Western movies is the same thing for these sorts of Steven Spielberg movies. But anyway, Bridge of Spies, um, if you like Steven Spielberg, if you're interested in like war history and political thrillers and stuff like that, it's a pretty good watch. But like I said, it's just kind of slow. It's a lot of people in rooms talking. So if you're not into that sort of thing, then I would say probably skip it. Um, so moving on to the next one, a movie called Burnt. You ever seen Burnt? Nope. This is a pretty unmemorable Bradley Cooper movie where he plays a chef. Um, that's basically all I remember about it. <laughs> I've seen it one time, and it was pretty below average. Um, the movie is, chef, is that
1: the one when he goes out and he goes, which one was made you cry? Is like she was crying, and he goes out and just folds up the um, tablecloth with all the food, and is like, you can go eat somewhere else. I don't remember. I
0: honestly... I barely remember this I've
1: seen, like, half of it then, if that was it, just on, like, YouTube clips, because I love watching, like, parts of movies where it's just, like, people shitting on other people and, like, making them feel really bad. I don't know why, but...
0: It's honestly... All I have in my head is just Bradley Cooper looking handsome in a chef outfit and cooking food and like yelling at people in a in a kitchen. I don't really know what the movie's about. I, I have to look have up the plot. you seen,
1: I think it is called Chef or something with yeah,
0: um, with Jon Favreau. Jon Favreau. Well, what Dude, I was going to say I love that movie. If you're one if you're wanting to watch a chef or a cooking centric movie, I highly recommend Chef from I believe 2014, the year prior to this. I believe so. Far better than I Burnt, think it's in my a opinion. Netflix original, right? I don't think it's a Netflix original but it has been making runs on Netflix and stuff. Dude, I watched that cuz I was like really interested it's great, dude. In it, and it's I'm like fantastic. this is a
1: fucking great movie. I thought it was going to be like a really bad like downturn like he you know, it's every every everything was going so yeah. good and I'm like dude there's going to be something that just pisses me off. Yeah. Something is going to happen and I'm like all right. It's a real like, vibe movie. We could if finally want- like finish a movie and just yeah. like end on a good positive yeah. note. If you want to just put on a
0: movie that's really watchable it's a fun vibe not hard to follow chef. yeah not hard to follow it's just like hit a a, a popular chef and I, and I talked about it on the 2014 flashback episode but it's just john favreau playing a chef who gets he's at a fancy restaurant he gets upset with the owner disagrees quits opens up a food truck and bonds with his kid over cooking fucking uh cuban sandwiches out yep. of a food truck it's great it's fantastic. Yep. Also. Don't watch it if you're hungry, because you're going to be starving God. I watched it like 3 movie. in the morning, and I was All like... All of the food that he cooks in that movie looks so great. Anyway, burnt, not nearly as good. Yeah, I nah, gave I'm it 2.5 out of 5.
1: Nah, I'm really hungry. Yeah, me too. I'm very hungry.
0: Um, next up is Concussion, and this is the Will Smith um, NFL CTE scandal dramatization movie that came out this year. Have you seen
1: Concussion? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah? Do you like it? Um... Mm. As far as a movie goes, it was it – I, I thought it was a good – it's kind of like a documentary in a way. Um, yeah,
0: sort of similar to Bridge of Spies where, like, you could watch a documentary of that and get the same info, but – I didn't
1: realize what was going on in the NFL. Like, the, you know, when, when we're growing up, we just watch the sports. We don't give a sh- – oh, they got hurt. Hopefully they come back. Oh, you got a concussion. Like, you'll be back. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. We We didn't – when we were playing, we didn't grasp the severity of certain things. And the long-term repercussions. And the repercussions. long-term repercussions yeah. of it, especially from you know players playing in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Oh, yeah. And under, like, we didn't understand the business side, maybe, of the NFL. We understood the contract side of, like, he wants to make more money. That's why he left. Mm-hmm. But we didn't understand they just jack you up on pain meds and get you back out there no matter what your injury was. Because you're a product to them right you, i mean they're selling a product you're a product but you're also their employee and you got to do what they want you to do i mean at the end of the day they could fire you and that's it right um but this really brought into light like head injuries and it, and, mm-hmm. and it brought into light head injuries in the nfl but this movie and, and i can't remember the actual doctor's name because he's from africa yeah and i don't want to butcher yeah, it will but, smith
0: does an accent the whole um, time i know that much
1: that whole controversy, like, that dude had death threats on him. It was huge. It got hairy for him for a while. But that also brought to light CTE, and now it's brought to light, like, in the NHL, they have concussion protocols. They you know His
0: name was Dr. Bennett Omalu is how you're supposed to say it, I think.
1: Yeah. So, Dr. Bennett, I mean, he brought to light an issue that exists in all professional sports. They're finding CTE in soccer players from a lot of headers or, you know, head-on-head collisions going for a header you know, boxers, um, UFC, MMA fighters, you know, hockey players. I don't know if there's been a case in CTN and a basketball player. I'm sure there is. But it's just repeated head trauma. And, like, that movie did a lot more than just be, like, a blockbuster thriller, right? It, it like, brought to light an issue It that really... you realized that the sporting world was, like, there's no no issue. Like, concussions don't play a, a, an, an issue in anything. And you like, didn't realize that like, these players were, I went. I don't know if you want if crazy's the right word, but something in their brain triggered this like mentally ill. Yeah. Like well, because there was what process. that
0: what that movie covered was a lot of examples of, and I don't know if a lot is the right term, but several examples of former NFL players who had suffered from concussions, multiple concussions throughout their career, committed suicide because of. You know, depression, bipolar, mental health issues. Th- things they
1: didn't go through before this right. CTE and, set And in. this
0: doctor, it's basically the story of him discovering CTE and the actual physical causes that were leading to these effects of right. these guys, you know committing suicide and having these depression right, because it was like a rain like you had
1: everything you wanted you had a 15 year nfl right. career you got money right. you have a wife you have kids like and then all of a sudden like you just get really angry like develop right. bad anger problems yeah, exactly. and you can't control yeah. it or i think one of the examples was uh um i think he was a running back i can't remember off the top of my head but he was and then he was a wealthy businessman Uh, man working for the nfl like working for the like he was like a league commissioner Mm -hmm. um you know a top person and then they show him kill himself while he was like laying in bed but it wasn't like he wasn't suicidal it was this and they they couldn't figure out why he had everything he wanted in life
0: from outside you're like i don't understand and
1: and, you know never gave off like any sort of you know and then they do the ct scan or not the ct scans but they do the autopsy and Mm-hmm. Dissect the brains, and they find the same exact problem in all of these XNFL players. And there's like a physical thing
0: they can diagnose that said, right. "Oh, this led to." The- but you can only diagnose it after actions. death, of course. Right. right,
1: and then it led to the NFL like Wanting coming to hush hush this, that. Yeah, you know, you got a multi billion dollar industry coming mm-hmm. after a local coroner. Yeah, and then fans are coming after them, and and right. it's like.
0: Because it's like threatening it's their threatening their the sport, NFL, their, right? Their product yeah. and
1: and so it, I mean it, this is all based on a true story, so it was yeah. one of those like movies where I think this
0: really I don't remember it exactly because I think there was some discussion of the whole CTE thing prior to this movie coming out, but in my memory, this movie coming out really sparked the debate and it started getting talked about on major sports media platforms and stuff like that. It really became so, a national discussion.
1: I, I think because I think he testified in front of Congress. When he the found doctor, the actual did, doctor yeah. and everything, and like in front of the NFL board, and yeah. But I think, like you said, it was more hush hush. Like uh-huh. they,
0: like unless you were paying attention to that, you wouldn't know. I mean, about it, really. I mean,
1: think of like the NFL, right? It's it's the biggest sport in the U.S. You could go to, and it's going to be starting up here soon on a Saturday morning. You roll out to a, your local park where they play soccer and football. And it's going to be thousands of kids playing tackle football, flag football, right? You come out with something saying constant head, you know, injuries or, you know, even if you don't have constant head injuries, just the constant clashing in your brain hitting the inside of your skull. Like they were like this. We're going to lose billions of dollars because it's going to start from six-year-olds no longer playing football right going up to or kids are the going to parents,
0: sports if the parents get spooked and they want them to not play football because of this right. info yeah but it's, it, it's so, a, so it's like it's a big it, thing
1: it had a lot more than the impact of an individual's health and like yeah. people didn't realize that at the time but now it's one of those every major sport treats head injuries like super way differently now. Differently. Yeah. And it's like it hasn't had a negative impact on your sport as far as revenue goes or anything. What it's done is it's showing you care more about your I don't want to say this because it's gonna sound really bad, but you care more about your assets mm-hmm. and your workers than you, you know, you did before. Because it like yeah. I said at the end of the day, they were just workers, right? Like you get a concussion They didn't care. They need you on the field because you're making them money. Right. So they didn't care. Like, move on to the next guy then if you can't do this no Mm -hmm. more. Like, that's kind of the, you know, it's like a factory. Yeah. You just, you show up to work, you do as you're fucking told. Because the NFL looked at it it as like,
0: the minute you're no longer making us money and productive for us. You're useless. You're useless. We don't give a fuck. So we don't care if you leave. You know, we've paid you your millions. So what if you have headaches all the time and you, you now have depression
1: symptoms and anger problems and whatever and it's affecting your home life? We don't give a shit. Right. And and like I think the one of the biggest things about concussion too was you have those ex players that were like suing the league and everything for the malpractice of Yeah. I was concussed and you let me go back into the game. And that's right. why there's a lot of these really like with Tua last year. Yeah. And that was he, a huge he, he discussion had his concussion last year. Yeah. And then he came it's back. It's like, where and, are the protocols here? And they were like, well, he passes protocols, and I'm like, did he though? Because right. are you sure he didn't look normal out there? Like yeah. he didn't look right. And then right. they finally were like, well, we kept him out, and they're like, well, now we got to investigate. But like shit, like that came from the whole concussion yeah, exactly. movie. And prior that prior, prior to
0: 2015, like that era, none of that would have been discussed with Tua. Like,
1: I mean, in high school, we had a concussion test, but it was like the most like. We take our, our test as like a flat line level. To yeah, like, you're like baseline test or whatever. But it's yeah. like you're going to put me in front of a computer and make me take a test that when I took it the first time, I had no clue. I was just clicking through because I just wanted to get it done. Yeah. I could get a higher score when I have a concussion than I did at my baseline test. And you're right. going to be like, yeah, you're fine. i be like. But you're
0: still having head Dude, headaches. Dude, I'm seeing stars.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I've been throwing up for the past week, and you're going to let me play. Yeah. And it's like now it's under heavy scrutiny if they do it. Yes. and And – which is a good thing. and, and it's, again, it's ultimately it a good thing. It's a good sure. thing for all athletes. It's a good thing for fans of the game. It's a good thing for parents wanting their kids to play to show we do care about the individual now more than the dollar because we realize that that individual and them not playing isn't losing us money. But if you take two out of the game, he's a big name. You know, he mm. he was a top draft pick that year. You can't not have him in the league then so you got to make sure he's healthy
0: yeah one well, also like people have it's reframed the way people look at it because nfl careers are notoriously very short for most yeah. people you know, there's the exceptions where you have guys like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady who play for 15 plus years, but that's not Pe- the people norm.
1: that aren't constantly getting beat up. You don't have O lineman that right. are exceeding a 15 year career, and if yeah. you do, it's pretty rare. They're probably setting an Ironman record of constant game started yeah. because they've been very lucky with their health. Yeah, but like as you know, your brother can attest to it as an NFL lineman. Um, every play, every snap, your head is being hit at, yeah. at least. For the most part, right? There's sometimes where you don't get in any, you know, contact because you're the lucky guy that you know they didn't have a pass rusher or somebody. But as a lineman, the first point of contact is like your head. Like you're yeah. just
0: you're banging heads just, every play, and
1: it's not like you're head button people, but it's just the constant right. every play, sixty right. plays a game, builds up, or it takes that one hard hit like Wes Welker, that dude. I mean, yeah, great receiver, but dude took way too many hits to the head. Yeah, and and it's gonna be scary to see he could develop cte he could already have it or he right. could just or his maybe body he's fine. like Who yeah, we're, yeah. Like we didn't we yeah, got what, fucked up but like right. we moved on
0: yeah what i was going to say is like this reframed the way people view cuz what i was saying is the nfl careers are so short compared to a player's lifespan right now people are thinking more of like yeah he may be fine right now he may have passed concussion protocols now or whatever but we need to start really looking at is it safe or is it smart for this guy to come back and continue to put himself at risk for further concussions if he's 24 years old? What's going to, you know, we want him to be lucid and 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 coherent at right. 45 and at 60. Like later and he's got a lot of years ahead of him. He doesn't we don't want to like just send his body into this meat-grinding machine well, they, and spit they do, him out the they other do end. They do want to
1: do it. But well, they want to. They're, they're but finally it's, it's, at it's, a point where there's been enough yeah. public pressure and pressure back from the players to be like
0: – Yeah, we need to start looking at this like what's best for this person's long-term right. health and safety rather than what's good for the bottom dollar well, right now and this I, season. I
1: think they need to look at it. After, like, the whole Tua incident, because again, it all goes back to this concussion move. Like you said, this thing really brought to life. Like, this was probably the most impactful movie as far as um, a real world, like, real life impact of a yeah. movie going forward. Um, had, and, you know, it's one of those Tua came back after a week, and everyone's like, Did you not see him on the <laughs> ground? Like, yeah. that's not a week's recovery. Yeah. Like, that, like, Hey, I get it. He got a really bad concussion. So why don't we just take our time with him recovering?
0: Yeah. Be be overly cautious. You
1: know, yeah. if if he sits out 6 weeks, he sits out 6 weeks, we got to make sure he is healthy. Yeah. So that he can go out and play his best one because right. that's going to be better for our team, but two because if we put him in a spot as the trainers, their doctors, you know, the NFL, he could come back and sue us and that's going to cost us more money than it would be to just replace him as a quarterback. Mm-hmm because he goes I got to retire from concussions because yeah. they're too bad. I mean, in the NHL you had Sidney Crosby who's arguably one of the greatest players ever. Dude sat out like a year and a half because of concussions. He had such bad concussion issues they are like his career's over. Yeah. And you know, he had to take a whole year out. Like Bo Byram for the Avalanche had to take almost a whole year off and away from the team. To just kind of get that headspace right, because you get a concussion and you start thinking, it's not like you tear your ACL. Like, yeah, and torn ACL can mess with your mental, you know, abilities out on the field until you make that first cut and get hit awkwardly and you get back up. Like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yeah, you get a head injury and you go, the next head injury could be it.
0: Well, and also like, with a knee injury, they it's can not tell you. Well, yeah, it's not life threatening, and also they can tell you. It's healed. You're completely right. healed. Yeah, you're good. You, you're ready to go back to full contact, full running, cutting, all that kind of stuff. You're going to be
1: fine. Right.
0: With your brain, they don't. They can't really tell you that. A oh, lot of if times you have a torn ACL. Certainty.
1: You got three weeks left to live. We're sorry. It's like what? And they're like, oh, we just meant like you can't cut anymore. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so I'm fine. And they're like, yeah, it's just a fucking ligament in your knee. Like you, you can function. Oh, your brain got fucked up to where you don't even know where you are. Yeah, let's put you back out there. Well, and like, see what happens.
0: Obviously, you know, neither of us are doctors, but it's like, what do you look at when you're looking at the brain and it healing up? Obviously, if there's swelling. Right. Well, if the swelling goes down and all the scans look okay, you could be like, hey, you're fine. I think you're ready to go back out there. But maybe that person is still experiencing headaches or migraines or mood swings and weird random shit like that. And it's like, yeah, like technically they look like they're ready to go, but are they really? Should we well, take a and, second look at this? And I, and I think
1: concussion also brought to light a lot of the issues with players being liars as well. Yeah. When when I got hurt, you know, I, don't, I never had a diagnosed concussion in high school football. Neither did I. But there were times I stood up from being like blindsided, even as an offensive lineman. Like you just sometimes get in the mix of shit and I st- stand up, everything's black but I can see a bunch of stars. Yeah. And I'm like, like that's probably not great <laughs> and I, and I'm like trying to blink to like try and blink my eyes to like get it to go and then it would go away eventually and I'm like what play did we just run like I don't remember what happened yeah and it's not like I was like unconscious on like I w- I knew I was up and moving I just but you got rattled. was like seeing stars yeah. and Well and really what that playing, is though. and he
0: explains it in the movie too it's your brain, it's basically just sloshing around in some fluid within your skull. Right. So what's happening when you get hit like that is your brain is then smashing against the insides of your skull, which, like, obviously, you don't have to be a doctor to be like, that's probably not great. (laughs)
1: Hey, one of your most vital (laughs) organs is just up there going... Just just rattling around against
0: a hard surface. Probably not the best for it. Right. Well, what I was going to say is uh, this movie has one of my all-time favorite scenes and lines that is super memorable, and he's basically the the doctor who Will Smith portrays in the movie is having this conversation with, I don't know if this guy, I think he's like the head of some hospital that the guy works at or something. He's somehow involved in that industry. And he's basically explaining to him, like, we need to go public with this information. We need to challenge the NFL on like what they've been doing and not handling the situation correctly and all this kind of stuff. And the the guy goes, you need to really take a minute and think about the organization that you're challenging here. He goes, the exact quote, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit is basically like, we're talking about a corporation that owns a day of the week. That the he, Lord used to he own. He goes, it used to be owned by the church. Now it's theirs. You need to think about the type of power that an organization like that wields. And it's like, when you hear it phrased like that, you, you take a step and go, yeah, he's right, actually. They own a day of the week. And honestly, they're starting to bleed into other days, too, now. <laughs> Do they own Mondays and Thursdays And Thursdays. So it's like, this is a very powerful very rich organization that has a lot of resources at their fingertips and you're just one guy
1: well and you even had some of the families going no like don't because the nfl was paying them because the nfl was covering certain things up because they knew hey we shouldn't do this in their best interest to keep it brushing on the rug yeah it's cheaper for us to pay them the hush money kind of like we're sorry for your loss like yeah it's really tragic one well, also Here, here's some money.
0: That's definitely not the first instance of a corporation in the United States doing shit like that too. What? Like, you know what I mean? Fucking tobacco companies, big oil. This is this is an age-old story. Right. As, as long as corporations have existed, they've As been long doing as they can like still
1: things. make their money without yeah. like being forced to do things completely different, they're going to yeah. be like, "Here's some some money. Yeah. Just be quiet and disappear." Right. Or, or if you're not going to be quiet, you're well, just going to disappear.
0: There's literally um like the insurance people who work for these type of types of corporations, like say it's an auto manufacturer. This is like a real thing. They will do all of the actuarial accounting and figure out, okay, let's say there's a car that we've released this year and there's X amount of hundreds of thousands of them that we've now put out of production. They're on lots, right. the people are driving them around, whatever. And we find out there's a part that needs to be recalled and it could cause Catastrophic failure, the brakes go out, it could cause accidents, people could get hurt, people could die. They will literally calculate out, okay, how much do we think we're legitimately going to have to pay in legal fees if someone comes back and sues us because they got hurt or a loved one of theirs died because this part that we should have recalled failed and it caused a car crash. Is that more or less than the cost to recall all of those vehicles and replace that part? And if it's less, they're just going to be like, fuck it, we're letting it ride. Let, well, let 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 people sue us it's going to cost us less than it would to recall all of those vehicles and replace the part and that's the same sort of situation we're dealing with with the NFL with the concussion thing it's right. like if we can pay this one family a million bucks hush hush under the table to not go to the press and say anything about CTE caused their husband or their father or their boyfriend or whoever right. to go oh he was to go crazy and commit suicide or or drive off a cliff or whatever then we're going to do that rather than how much is it going to cost us to overhaul our concussion protocols and make sure right. we have the right doctors Just and hire scans every team and, has to have,
1: or every yeah. game now has a doctor right. that's unaffiliated like they're not going to
0: voluntarily do that if it costs them money right. that's th- that's not how corporations work they're looking at it's its revenues and expenses that's I all think, they give a
1: fuck I think about. with the concussions though is once the movie was kind of released the NFL realized – I think during obviously the whole Actual life right, events yeah. that led up to it, the NFL started to realize like we're gonna have there to. There are with this very good point. grounds for yeah. a good attorney to win, right. And win big, right? And it's like, I mean, that's the kind of the same with like the automobile industry, like you were bringing up. If you know of an issue and you don't let a consumer know of that issue. And the attorney can find out, hey, you you found out on July 1st that there was this yeah. issue. Yeah. You didn't release you a... You chose
0: not to say anything or un- recall anything. Until July
1: yeah. 30th. And on July 14th, they were involved in a car crash with because that of faulty problem. problem yeah. And someone died. That If an attorney can find out that, then that car company is going to be going, we miscalculated how much we're going to owe Because they found out the information that we didn't disclose in a Mm -hmm. timely matter. Yeah. And it resulted in a death. Yeah. And then it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. Maybe we should just issue the recall. Right.
0: Right. So anyway, long tangent there. But Concussion's a solid movie. I gave it three and a half stars. Uh, I think
1: long tangent for a good cause, though, because it's probably, like I said, it's it's a movie that has real life implications. It had a lot of real
0: world implications, for sure. Yeah. I was looking it up because I couldn't remember if Will Smith got an Academy Award nomination for that, but he just got a Golden Globe nomination. Because then I no think they
1: Oscar offered nomination. that doctor to be the head of like the NFL like oh, doctor yeah. thing, and he turned it down and like moved to California to be like the LA um, or like an LA County coroner or something. Oh, like interesting. So I think they offered him. He's like, "Fuck you, guys." Yeah, he's like, "No
0: thanks." After fucking threatening me for all this time and making right. my life impossible, threatening hard. my family, having yeah, your I'm fucking
1: good. millions of goons around the country right. threatening me.
0: I'm good. Um, the next movie up on the list is a movie called Daddy's Home, and a much less serious topic, and <laughs> or a subject for the plot of this movie. This is the Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg sort of buddy comedy, um, basically about Will Ferrell being a stepdad and a husband um, to this woman with her couple of kids, and the ex-husband and actual biological father of these two kids shows up, and he's like...
1: A bite badass biker. Basically this like
0: badass biker dude, super you know, handy, knows how to fix things, everything that Will Ferrell's character is not. Right. And then hijinks and Sue, obviously, and he has to learn how to get along with this guy, and you know, his his fatherhood is being challenged and his manlyhood is being challenged. And it's obviously it's kind of it's funny the way the movie's casted, because you got Mark Wahlberg who's this super jacked like action movie star. Going opposite of Will, also Will Ferrell, who very good comedic actor, but going against Will Ferrell, who's this kind of like you know kind of sloppy, out of shape comedic guy. That's yep. all he's been his whole life. He's not starring in Transformers movies. So the two of them playing off each other is pretty entertaining.
1: Do you do you like Daddy's Home? Yeah, I, it's kind of like a cheesy comedy, but it's one of those. I this is one of those I, like like um, the other guys type. Yeah Comedies Yeah yeah exactly The two of them together Just have that really good dynamic They have good chemistry It's like The Rock yeah. and um, Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart They've yeah. got a good dynamic The two For of sure. them together Yeah That they can make a movie And you're like That was really dumb But I was like I was laughing the majority of the time yeah. Like it, it, yeah It entertained me It was really stupid But it entertained me This one's funny And then the second one You bring in even more muscle And stupidity into it Well and so like, I was gonna
0: ask Have you seen number two? Yeah I have not seen it Is it good?
1: Uh, I mean, it's they take it another uh, generation. They bring in um, isn't it John Cena? Well, John Cena comes in as oh no, the dads come in. Their dads, John 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 Cena is in there. um, But then they bring in Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is Mark Wahlberg's Wahlberg's dad, dad, right? And And then uh, um, John Lithgow or something, right? Is is Will Ferrell's dad? So you got a (laughs) comedian again with the dude that played in the Patriot and was William Wallace, right? And you are like holy shit the grandpas are even yeah. like further away from you yeah. know
0: that's funny I, so, I, I i mean i remember I, seeing the trailers for it but i never did watch number it, two again
1: it's not like one of those things i'm like dude you're missing out it's right. like yeah, it's if fine. you want to watch like yeah. throw it on in the background like you'll probably hear some funny things or see some funny yeah, things but yeah. it's not like a to die for but fair, it's entertaining
0: fair. um well i gave that one three three out of five i thought it's pretty solid. Um next up is a movie just called Dope. Um I honestly don't really remember a lot about what this movie is about and I don't really remember a lot of who's in it. There's not a lot of big stars I don't think from from what I remember. Um it's kind of like an LA set sort of like kind of trendy story about like some friends, I don't know, having to dope learn how to do stuff. I really I honestly don't remember anything about Dope. I remember it being I gave it 3 out of 5. I remember it being pretty watchable. Um, but not very memorable, clearly, because I don't remember hardly anything about it. So, yeah, that one's out there. Look it up if you want to check that one out. Um, the next up is Fifty Shades of Grey. This is the first movie in the Fifty Shades trilogy that I was unfortunately forced to sit down and watch in exchange for having my lovely wife, Taya, watch all of the Star Wars movies. Um, I gave this two out of five. These movies are just not good, and that's all I have to say about them, really. Um... Yeah, I, I had to watch all of them. They don't get better. This is no, this is number one, and they certainly don't get better. Bro, uh, when those books but it was were a, released... Yeah, it was it, a real phenomenon. That like, like, it, was a, it was a thing in this country for a while.
1: And it was like one of those things is like, you don't need to read it. And they're like, I have to read it, though. All the women are reading it. And it's like, but do you need to read it? And then they're like, the movie came out, we need to watch it. And then you start watching the movie, and you're like, what the fuck am I watching?
0: I I have lots of thoughts on the matter. We don't have to go into it now. I think I've talked about this maybe on our movie trilogies podcast or
1: something. I don't think it was the movie franchise one, but I know we talked about it before because I was forced to watch it as well and I sat there and watched the whole thing and I was just like what? Like what am (laughs) like Huh? Well, I I think and I'll get into
0: it real quickly. I think I brought this up the last time we talked about it. This is what I told Tyat. I was like, listen bondage porn exists. Right. right, it's on the internet for free, and it's graphic, as graphic as you want it to be. It's explicit. The only thing if that's you were what you're missing into from
1: this was the actual like. Yeah. So
0: if that's what you're into, just go on the internet and watch porn. Right. What this is is like a mainstream attempt at like getting people somewhat interested. It's like people who are like kind of curious, but not really willing to just to go to that- Pornhub and watch bondage porn. Right. So instead, they got to throw all this plot this in there and, to and, and, by Pornhub. <laughs> right. and have like a romance story. And like then there's like, you know, they have to add all this dramatic tension about ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends. And there's a plot to kill someone. I don't really remember what. But happens. in
1: reality, the whole story but it's is like bondage. And,
0: so so my thing is it bugs me when when things, especially like movies, won't just commit to being one thing. So this, this series of movies is simultaneously not a good romance story and not or or a good thriller and, and not, not a good not porn. Good album. porn. <laughs> so it's like not doing either of those things well, so why does it exist is my thing. Like Wait, if you but, want bondage porn, just go onto the internet and watch bondage porn. It's gonna be better than what's in Fifty Shades of Grey. If you want a good romance or a good thriller, there's plenty of other, other better
1: romance and thriller movies that don't feature the well, soft core porn. I aspect. think I think it was, like, at I don't that, know. At that just, point I don't in time it. when it came out, like, the women and girls that were, like, reading the books and wanting to watch it were, like, they were, they were so curious. To it was be like, like, ooh, it's risque. Yeah, ooh. right. Would I like this? And then they watch it, and it's like, yeah, would you like that? Would you like me shoving a pool cue? And they're like, nope, you can stop right <laughs> there. And I'm like, well, you were so fucking infatuated with this shit, and now you don't want to do none of it. Like, well,
0: and there's also – this is kind of like a uh – unwritten rule of society that a lot of people, I think, agree upon. And it's that men watch porn, women read it. Right. In a general sense. Obviously, there are exceptions to that statement. Right. But I think, in general, that's kind of how it goes. Men watch it, women read it. So, these movies are based on a very popular book series of basically, they refer to it as like smut uh, literary stuff. Smut is basically like it's basically a lot of them are romance novels with, like, softcore sex and porn thrown into it to keep it spicy and exciting. Right. And women love that shit.
1: But, but they and love this, that this shit? this is and probably
0: th- one of the most famous and successful examples of it. Right. And for some reason, Hollywood decided we should make movies on this. See... I don't know why. I mean, I think they were relatively successful, financially speaking. Well, but yeah, because critically, the women, the women were like, not let's very go good.
1: watch this. And it's like, okay, you want to go watch something... And I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm not speaking, you know, but in general, you could take a woman to watch that movie and be like, well, let's go try that at home. And they're like, no, nah, I'm good. And it's like, but you were so infatuated with seeing it. What, what did this it's do more for you? It's more you? of the fantasy
0: aspect right. of like,
1: but, but like, that's the thing about that. Like, you know, bondage is, I would say probably a fantasy, like yeah. it's a kink. That's yeah. not, that's not how you're trying to have kids. Yeah. Like, no, like it's, that it's just like you said it's a kink it's in the not bedroom. needed for reproduction right for sure. <laughs> so it's one of those things like you've got to be kind of into that to like yeah it's a kink for sure. go like through anything it. else is yeah but watching like it just becomes one of those things like what did this, this do for you like well i could fantasize about it it's like okay then we could try it and they're like well absolutely not i'm like well then why fantasize i fantasize about being in the nfl but you don't see me trying to walk on to the broncos <laughs> i could probably make it but you don't well, see me trying to do it like i said my thoughts on
0: this could be summed up in what i just said of like if you wanted a good romance or a good thriller, it's not that. And if you wanted good porn, it's not that either. So, like, what is it doing? It's not yeah, providing you're, any value. You're probably
1: value. better off just buying like an hour long porn video. Yeah, and just or you don't like, have to was, buy anything. There was a There's better storyline. Literally millions of videos. There was better the romance yeah. in the stepsister yeah. being caught in the dryer. Yeah, like no one like, needs a plot. I mean, at least
0: I personally don't need a plot, and I think <laughs> most guys personally could care less. It's like that's not why I'm here.
1: You know what I mean? Most so, guys are anyway. like, I'm on my 19th video. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I'm just looking for other things. <laughs>
0: so anyway, we don't have to get into that whole thing. But yeah, I-, I gave Fifty Shades two out of five stars, and that's probably being overly generous. They're not very good. And and the the other two movies don't get any better. This next movie is called He Never Died. And this is like a relatively obscure, underrated movie. I gave this four out of five stars. And... um. Let me look up the guy's name real quick. It's basically... I think I remember telling you about this movie when we did the first one. Well, actually, no. It's on the new list, so maybe it wasn't. But we talked about this movie at some point. uh, Is it Henry Rawlings? (coughs) Yeah. Henry Henry Rawlins is the guy's name, the main actor. Um, And the plot description basically just says, Jack, a social outcast, is thrust out of his comfort zone when the outside world bangs on his door and he can't contain his violent past. That's a very um they're not giving away a lot of the of the actual plot of this movie I think because it you I can kind of you kind of get into spoiler territory if you really reveal like what his character is but I'll just say this without spoiling a lot of it he is immortal this mm-hmm. this character and, and 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 anyone who knows Henry Rollins if you want to google him he's he's like He's been like a like a kind of like semi-successful rock star most of his life. He's a writer. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast a few times, but he's like kind of like a he's got this grizzled old tough tough guy like look to him, right? And he's kind of like a he's kind of lived like a punk rocker lifestyle, like got tattoos and probably done a bunch of drugs and shit. I don't really know. But like that's his whole appearance. Right. So in this movie he plays like sort of stereotypical kind of older, grizzled, tough guy who just wants to be left alone, gets kind of thrust into a situation and reveals how much of a badass he is. But there's this extra twist where he's immortal. So he basically like gets shot, stabbed, all this kind of stuff, and like heals up. And I won't spoil why he's immortal, but this is a super underrated movie. And if you like action movies, if you like <laughs> cool twists like that, like if you like the idea of like a Wolverine-esque character... Check out He Never Died. It's a real under-the-radar movie from 2015, but I highly recommend it. I'll
1: have to to look it up.
0: Yeah, I gave that one four out of five stars. If if you're looking to check something out like that that's kind of obscure, um, I highly recommend that one. Um, Next up is a movie called Infinitely Polar Bear. Um, This movie is – I gave it four out of five stars, and it's just as good and kind of underseen as He Never Died, but definitely a way different vibe to this movie. Um, this features Mark Ruffalo, who famously plays the Hulk and Bruce Banner in the MCU, has been in a whole bunch of other movies. Very revered, you know, highly uh, critically acclaimed actor, and Zoe Saldana, who's also had a fantastic career. She's famously in the Avatar movies. She's Gamora in uh, the MCU, um, and basically, it's based on a memoir, I believe, of this one of this guy's kids cause he he basically plays a a dad and a husband and he has bipolar disorder and it's set like in the 70s or 80s maybe I can't remember exactly but it's basically about and I think the memoir is written by one of his kids or maybe the wife I can't remember exactly but it's a really like touching and charming story of this family trying to live with their dad going through these bipolar mood swings and constantly moving them and, like, getting different jobs and just very neurotic and kind of all over the map and in and out of mental health facilities. Oh, shit. Dad's
1: mad. We're not going home. (laughs)
0: Right. Right. Puts on a little different context now that he's the Hulk in the MCU. But this is, like, if you're looking at wanting to see more of Mark Ruffalo's, like, real, like, hey, I'm going to do a real acting performance work rather than I'm just going to be CGI Hulk in a couple Marvel movies – Check out Infinitely Polar Bear. Um, great movie. Kind of a smaller, independent, kind of under-the-radar movie, but a very solid movie. Um, next up is Insurgent, and this is the, I don't know, which one is this? Second or third in the Divergent series?
1: Because Divergent, I think, was one.
0: Let's let's clarify that.
1: Insurgent, I think, is two. Maybe that's two? And
0: Insurgent. I think it's two. The Divergent series, Insurgent. Let's see. Come on, IMDb, keep up with me, buddy. I think *Allegiant* is the, or no *Divergence* the first one.
1: *Insurgent*, I think it's *Insurgent*
0: two. is number two, and then, and then I think *Allegiant* is the third one. And I think there was supposed to be a fourth one, but number three did not perform very well, and so they kind of like scrapped the plans for it. But this is the you know I. I Long-time listeners of the podcast have probably heard us talk about this because I think this was maybe on the Movie Franchise Bracket we podcast. We talked
1: – well, and we've probably done um, the first one too.
0: Well, and that's probably where it so. got brought up too. We've done the first one as well. So this is like the young adult – And the third
1: one actually because yeah. we're doing a flashback flashback.
0: Right, so. right. Um, this is like one of the more famous entries in that classic – Run of years where we had the Hunger Games and Maze, Maze Runner Moon. and Divergent. It's this basically based on a super popular book series, young adult, future dystopian society <laughs> sort of storyline featuring a strong female protagonist and a love triangle and, is basically what all of these movies are about. It's
1: not as dark, I would say, as Maze Runner and. Or Hunger, um, Games, Hunger yeah. Games. But in the same year um, that. into I'm, I'm jumping a movie, but Maze Runner Scorch Trials came out. This same year, as well as Mockingjay Part Two, so, right? So like big year saying, for these type of movies. It, it was, it's fighting against other things. I guess the books are good. I watched all of them. Um, I have actually seen all of these movies, and they've got entertainment, but it's not yeah. like if I'm going to watch something, I'm going to go watch Hunger Games. Hunger Games point. is way better, and in um, my opinion,
0: Maze Runner is way better too. But um, which we'll yeah, get to it, in a second.
1: It was like one of those genres where it's like. Like I watched it because the person I was with, she really liked them. Yeah. So I yeah. like I watched them, and I'm like, yeah, it was not, extremely popular. They're not like, bad, but I yeah, yeah, I would prefer to go watch Hunger Games again. Right. Right. This is a little lighter than like we said, the Hunger Games and Maze Runner, as far as like, oh shit, what the fuck's yeah. going on? This one's kind of yeah. like there's more freedom, I guess you could say in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, but but yeah, it's kind of one of those like, they're, you're in like a really muddy, bogged down genre of movie right now yeah, that you're yeah. kind of like it seems like you're just taking things bits and pieces and throwing yeah. them into your shit
0: i think between the divergent series and the hunger games it's an eerily similar storyline
1: what i we think need to do is hunger see games which does books it were written first
0: true um i think hunger games does it far better yeah and i have read the books now of the hunger Games series and i really enjoyed the books i think it's a fantastic yeah, story yeah, yeah. um I think Hunger Games just did what Divergent does better. So, therefore, it gets kind of, like, tossed aside a little bit.
1: I think adding in the concept of competition and death kind of, like... Yeah. It's a little more extreme. Hunger Games is a little more extreme. It pushes you more to your boundaries of going... I mean, not to get political, but if you look at world events going on right now, we're going towards a Hunger Games-type fucking world to where there's going to be the people that own everything and then everyone else that has to give the people that own everything what they want or you're going to die. Yeah, and, and that's kind of nothing to fucking
0: After reading the books of the Hunger Games, they give a little background of like basically Panem is in North America in the same sort of land of what formerly was the United States and there was some sort of war that happened that tore the country apart and Panem Ooh. is what came up in the ashes of formerly what was the United States and then the capital, specifically of Penem, kind of rules everything, and they divided everything oh. up into districts. So that's kind of the background Something of it.
1: divided a country, a war was fought, and then the yeah. winner changed everything to make it a crazy-ass society with specific so it's a, political views.
0: So it's a captivating hmm. story that makes for really good dystopian sci-fi stories, Um So anyway, I I gave Insurgent two and a half out of five stars. Um, I'm going to skip over this next one, and we'll just talk about Maze Runner The Scorch Trials because it's in a very similar vein. So I gave Maze Runner The Scorch Trials three and a half stars. Um, This is the sequel to the first Maze Runner movie. I believe it goes Maze Runner, Scorch Trials, and then uh, Death Cure, I think, is the third one. Same thing, based on a trilogy. And there there may actually be more than just those three books, but a young adult dystopian sci-fi story. This one's... A little more interesting to me because it's it's like whereas divergent and hunger games structure wise are almost the exact same in terms of like districts and then i don't know what they call them in divergent but they're like the you know society's broken up they're split up based on your like job right maze runner is like i mean if this was like the elevator pitch this is interesting to me it's like
1: a bunch of guy guy or or kids
0: kids wake up
1: In an elevator.
0: In an elevator that then opens up in the middle of this random field. They have no memory of what happened to them prior. And they discover that they're in the middle of a giant maze, and there are also creatures in the maze that if they venture into the maze too far will get they will kill them
1: but in in the middle they 're safe
0: in the middle they're safe in this but, little meadow and they have but, to start a little society and figure out why they're there and how to what escape. this maze is, what's outside of the maze that's intriguing to me. I like that concept as a story i've a lot. never
1: i 've watched all of them i don't read the books clearly, but i'm still trying to figure out like what the fucking point of the maze like it's good entertainment right but then there's like the part of me that i'm like i think i remember so you have people putting kids in a maze to try and get them to escape the maze probably to where they were already before but then they're also being hunted down (laughs) by the group that put them in the maze and they're finding other people that have already escaped the maze and have kind of been like an underground society and i'm like None of this makes fucking sense. Is this the, the kid's way to freedom? Like, you so, can stay here, get old, die, I, kill I th- each
0: other. I think from what I remember, and you get more answers in this movie. So spoiler alert for the Maze Runner trilogy. It was released in
1: 2015. Yeah, if you haven't and seen especially it, for, for this movie.
0: But from what I remember, having seen all three movies, the whole point of them being in the maze. So this world is has basically, the outside world outside of the maze is like post-apocalyptic, dystopian sort of right. future where some sort of virus, zombie-like rage virus has affected the globe and wiped out most people and the people who are still alive are desperate to find a cure to whatever this disease is. So ails go run through a maze
1: is. where we put creatures in it.
0: So I think the concept of why the kids are in the maze is because something about the blood in the kids who are able to escape from the maze contains what they need genetically to solve the cure for the rage virus, I think, is what the explanation ends up being. So that's why this overarching. It's sort of like um, in uh, Resident Evil, you know, there's the Umbrella Corporation and they're always just up to some shit. And right. there's just a shadowy organization behind the zombie virus and all this kind of stuff. There's one of those or types of organizations in Maze Runner. And like their whole point of like torturing these kids essentially is out of necessity to get something out of their blood in order to make a cure to like solve the problem basically. But obviously the whole point is like you follow this group of kids, they break out of the maze. And the first so one we can't just, they got to figure out test
1: to find that.
0: Out. Well, I guess something about them needing to go through the trials and tribulations of the maze. They're
1: so, like, we're going to see sort of which protein. ones don't die. I
0: don't know. They kind of like hand wave the actual science and the genetics behind it. I'm not a biologist. I don't understand what's going on, but that i think was the explanation to okay. to your but, point of being like, like why are they running like, like, around why in maze? are we yeah.
1: why are we putting kids in a maze and yeah. then chasing them down when they get out like, yeah so if you're looking for an explanation you had them trapped in a fucking maze right. and now you're chasing them down because they got out i'm so yeah, confused to the point of why they have like the
0: monsters in the maze that will then kill these kids you think doesn't really make a lot of sense because it's like you're killing the valuable resource you need right. i don't know i don't get it i'm not going to pr- i'm not going to pretend to get too uh in the weeds there but the movie that we did skip over is a movie called Irrational Man. Um, this is just an okay movie. I gave it three out of five stars when I uh, when I put it on the list here. It's a Woody Allen movie um, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Emma Stone. Um, I'm a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix. I have not seen a ton of Woody Allen movies. The guy's been making movies since, like, the 1970s, and obviously he's been embroiled in a bunch of movies. Um, legal drama and and stuff like that that i don't know a lot of details about but um you know been a super famous and successful director for decades now um irrational man is basically like about joaquin phoenix is like a philosophy professor at some sort of small college and he's going through some sort of like an existential crisis I think he gets involved in some sort of a relationship with Emma Stone and learns something about himself. And then becomes the Joker. Basically. <laughs> yeah, right. And then becomes the Joker. Uh, that's basically all I remember about Irrational Man. It's a perfectly fine movie. I wouldn't like give it two thumbs up and say rush out and go see it. Um, but, yeah, it's fine. Um, so, moving on, we obviously talked about Maze Runner the Scorch Trials. The next one up is a movie called Mississippi Grind, which I actually think you might enjoy this movie. And I think this is a Netflix original. It's got Ryan Reynolds... And Ben Mendelsohn, who is a super talented actor who I think should be getting tons of more work. Um, he was in a, a show on Netflix called Bloodline, where he plays like one of the main stars, and he is fantastic in Bloodline. Anyway, Mississippi Grind is about Ben Mendelsohn's character is like a degenerate gambler who has no luck.
1: Oh, you think I would like it because it's about degenerate gamblers. Exactly.
0: You caught on to that, did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, he has no luck whatsoever and he basically ends up running into Ryan Reynolds' character who is this charming, handsome, very lucky poker player. And they end up going on this run for, you know, a lot of these gambling movies revolve around whoever the main character is needs to win a certain amount like of money gambler. for something. Like The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg. Um, so Ben Mendelsohn, I forget, he's in debts of some sort. He needs X amount of money. So he goes, hey, I have no fucking luck would you like to go on this like gambling tour with me throughout the Southern States or wherever they're going, go to like riverboat casinos and all this kind of stuff and play poker and you'll be my good luck charm essentially. And it's like kind of like a buddy movie comedy, sort of like comedy dramedy type movie of those two, you know, bouncing off of each other and having pretty good chemistry and then like going around and trying to like turn around his horribly bad luck. Basically. I think you would enjoy it. Lots of gambling scenes and stuff like that. It's pretty fun. Um, I gave it three and a half out of five when I put it on here. Uh, the next movie on here is called No Escape. No Escape is actually a very interesting movie. I gave it three out of five stars. It is a thrilling escape movie um, and a very odd movie choice for Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson is the star of this movie. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan actually makes uh, a small appearance in the movie later on, but it's basically about I forget exactly what Owen Wilson's job title is, but he has to travel to some area of the world that's in, like, political turmoil. and the whole fucking thing. Right. And and he has to go there, and for some reason, part of his job, his company sends him there to do something. So he's got to, like, move his family there. So it's about them, like, first getting to this country and trying to get set up.
1: They're in... um I can't remember where they're in. Vietnam or no no no, they no, Myanmar maybe. Myanmar, I've watched Myanmar? this where there, then there's like a massive like
0: and there's a revolt basically revolt. that happens yeah. and like this it the country gets immediately thrown into yep. this like warlike crisis. Yep. While his family's there and like right when they first get there and it's about him trying to get his wife and his child out of this country without being killed basically. Right. And obviously they're White, blonde-haired Americans who are living in this country—they stick out like a sore thumb. And and, and
1: they're at their hotel that's like a the, rich hotel, right? And they're at
0: this like you know sort of Ritz Carlton type place. And obviously, the people who are doing the revolting and the government trying to shut them down both see people who look like them and immediately just start shooting at them. They don't ask questions. They don't care what side they're on. So it is a thrilling movie. It's a very anxiety-inducing movie watching him try and get his family out of this movie. So. I don't know if I if I hope that Owen Wilson makes more movies like this cuz he's so good in comedies but if you're wanting to watch like a good sort of political thriller and like um suspenseful movie about political turmoil and stuff and you're wanting to see like a very non-stereotypical role for Owen Wilson I would highly recommend checking out No Escape. Um I gave it 3 out of 5 stars. So you have seen this one.
1: Yeah. Actually, I thought it was entertaining. It was one of those things that's like. Did you sh- figure out what what country? It they just in? says they moved to Asia. Oh, oh so they're not very specific. As the family enters Vietnam, okay, so they go to Vietnam, um, because Vietnam. So, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it, they go upriver to try and get into. Vietnam, which I'm just gonna, you know, use my Google Maps here. But they're bit. not escaping from Vietnam. No, they're, right? they're they're trying to get to Vietnam because to then get, to, then get to like the U.S. embassy. Um, so I believe they're in Cambodia.
0: Okay, okay,
1: um, which would make sense. And they try and escape to Vietnam ah, because gotcha. they know that at the river crossing, the Vietnamese won't shoot right them, but they'll shoot the people that are shooting towards that them. are chasing them. Yeah. Um. So that was the whole thing, Pierce. Because
0: I think Pierce Brosnan's character is like some sort of ex CIA guy, or he's he's like ex military in some way, and he's like he lives in Cambodia, and he's like, hey, I can get you and your family out of here, and he's like some sort of ex badass. He's got guns, he's got some people to help them, and so he assists Owen Wilson because Owen Wilson's just a guy working a job. He's not like maybe he's a diplomat or something. I think he works sort of political diplomat, yeah, something like that. But he's just basically like a suit, you know, he's a pencil pusher type guy. So he's just kind of like scrambling to get his – never experienced anything like this, obviously. And so Pierce Brosnan comes in, and he's like this ex-badass who's kind of like, I'm used to this type of shit. I'll get you out. So then they
1: they roll into Vietnam, and, like, the three of them are all holding up their U.S. passports, trying to be like, don't shoot, don't shoot, because, you know, now they're crossing a border illegally, and clearly the Vietnamese don't want – the camp. In the movie-wise, they don't want the Cambodians coming over and – I think the Vietnamese army like opens up on the Cambodians who are like, shooting at him, trying not to let them yeah. get into Vietnamese water. And then the Vietnamese were like... Yeah, it's a pretty thrilling movie. Owen Wilson's like, we're going back to America.
0: <laughs> and it's just him being like very sweaty and out of breath and uh, afraid for his life the entire movie. But yeah,
1: I, I liked it. It's a good
0: movie. It's a pretty solid movie. I, I would actually like to revisit this one at some point. I enjoyed it. Um, the next one up is a movie called Room. And this is actually the movie that got... Oh, shit. It's, her name's Brie Larson. She's now Captain Marvel. Um, this got her an Academy Award win for Best Actress for this movie. And it's basically a crazy, heavy story about... And I don't believe this is based on a true story. I think this is a, a fictionalized story. But like stuff like this has happened before. But essentially what happens is when she is a... Young woman, like a, a teenager, probably 16, 17, something like that, maybe even younger. She gets abducted by this guy who kidnaps her and basically rapes her. And he keeps her in this like shed out back of his house in like the yard. And it, it covers like what happens with her when she gets abducted the first time. And then it flashes forward and she's basically had this guy's kid. So he's obviously raped her, kept her prisoner in this little shed. And she has. He has impregnated her and she has this child. She has this son. And so it's then about her raising this son in this shed. They're not ever allowed to leave. And then her trying to come up with a way to escape and get away from this guy. It is a harrowing and very difficult storyline for a movie to watch. Very triggering, I'm sure, for some people. So just be aware of that when you go into this if you want to check this out. But um, if if you like sort of, like, emotionally uh, challenging drama-type movies with really good acting performances. Watch this one at, like, room noon is, and then
1: watch it w- a comedy afterwards. Yeah, to, I would fire up a comedy
0: that. afterwards and, and lift your spirits a little bit because it is definitely a fucking downer. It's it's a hard movie to watch. But very good, very well made. Not to say anything about, you know, um, how good the movie is or anything like that. It's just a heavy subject matter. Um Next up is a movie called Self Less. And I believe, isn't there like a backslash in the title? Self Backslash Less. Um, This is kind of a cool, fun sort of sci fi action movie with Ryan Reynolds, where he basically, in this world of the movie, rich people who are old can pay for this procedure where they get their consciousness put into a younger person's body. So, and I think, so it's got Ben Kingsley and Ryan Reynolds. And I think Ryan Reynolds' character dies and then they use his body for this procedure i think i don't remember if he's actually dead or not but anyway they do this basically consciousness swap and so ben kingsley's consciousness because he's an an older man older rich successful man puts his consciousness into ryan reynolds body who's a much younger you know more fit man as a sort of a means of being like i want to extend my lifespan and i want to have it's a, it's a it's a chase it's a way for to immortality. Just infinitely live. You right, know? right. So, sort of a similar concept that the the show Altered Carbon on Netflix um, explores, and that's based on some really popular sci fi novels. But um, I've only seen Selfless one time. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty watchable. I have not seen it ever since then, and I don't remember a ton about what happens once the actual consciousness swap happens. But obviously, like you know, it seems great at first, and then something happens that. You know, I think Ryan Reynolds is, you know, he's obviously, it's Ben Kingsley in Ryan Reynolds' body. Stuff starts happening to him. You know, there's some side effects, yada, yada. There's some sort of, like, maybe people are coming to kill him. I don't remember exactly, like, what happens. But, obviously, they add in some, some drama because everything can't just go off without a hitch. And he just lives happily ever after in Ryan Reynolds' body. But, anyway. So, I see you're you're kind of, like, looking at the trailer a little bit over there. But, this is a, it's a perfectly watchable sort of sci-fi action thriller movie. Um not much else to say about it, really.
1: I think Ryan Reynolds realized he was dead before, and then he gets his own flashbacks back to his life. Oh, maybe is that's what they're what showing. It is. Yeah. Because then he okay. started having flashbacks, okay. went to visit his so family, ben, and finds yes. pictures of him, a wife, and yeah. a kid, and goes. And the wife's, like, crying, like, holy fuck.
0: That's right, that's right. So Ben Kingsley's consciousness in Ryan Reynolds' body starts having flashbacks of the Ryan Reynolds character's former life. That's right.
1: It's like Ryan Reynolds' character's body's, like, trying to fight back and be like, no, 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 no. you just brought us back to life, but we're, like, trying to find our That's right,
0: that's what it was. So, yeah, pretty cool sort of concept. Um, I like sci-fi concept movies like that, where it makes you confront, like, what what would this be like and what are sort of the moral ramifications of... I'll never know. I'm too poor. ...shit like this happening. Obviously, we don't have the capability of this now, but like if we did, what are the sort of the moral uh, implications of something like that happening? So anyway.
1: I don't know. Too poor. Won't be able to do it.
0: The next one up is called Sisters, and this is the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler comedy movie about basically two adult sisters who... I think their parents are retiring and they want to sell their childhood home. So the two sisters go back to the home and throw this like big crazy blowout bash party with all of their adult friends as like a goodbye to the house. And things go horribly wrong throughout the night. And obviously it's sort of like a Project X type situation where all their adult friends get way too drunk and things get too rowdy and they destroy half the house and have to learn about themselves along the way. That's essentially The, the John the plot Cena of drug sisters. scene is probably the greatest he's, fucking
1: scene in the dude, movie.
0: Dude, I will say this for John Cena and he's he's been getting more acting roles here recently like he just led that peace uh is it, I think it's called Peacekeeper show where he's the DC character mm-hmm. um on Max and that that character came from the Suicide Squad movie. So he's getting more and more like opportunities to showcase his acting skills, but dude, he has had some hilarious cameos and small scenes in comedies like this. The drug He's a drug dealer in Sisters, and then he's also in Trainwreck. Have you ever seen Trainwreck with Amy Poehler? He's fucking hilarious in that movie. He's
1: got some really good comedic chops. Um, So, yeah, anyway. I got Plan B. I got Tylenol. I got (laughs) ibuprofen. I got baby aspirin. I got regular aspirin. I got (laughs) Tylenol Extra Strength. Because I got meth. I got cocaine. I got heroin. I got shrooms. I got... (laughs) anything you need and they're like wait you got ibuprofen in there he's like yeah which one do you need I and got he's got Tylenol he's I like got.
0: wearing a beanie and he's got like a yeah. wife beater and like and these tats all over him and pulls stuff out
1: like his big old fanny pack <laughs> and he's looking at him like very what are you guys trying to get and they're all like what? very
0: very <laughs> funny uh scene in that there's there's him they just showed the little cameo of him but i would say sisters overall as a movie is kind of underwhelming i expected a funnier movie from uh Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who are, like, two of the funniest people ever. Um, And they've obviously, like, hosted award shows a shit ton of time. They've been on SNL. They've all... Each of them, like Tina Fey, had 30 Rock, which went on for years. Amy Poehler was the star and creator of Parks and Recreation, which is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. So those two together are hilarious. I just think this movie didn't quite, like, scratch the itch that I was hoping it was going to scratch. It was funny. Don't get me wrong. There are funny moments in it, but it's not, like bridesmaids for instance bridesmaids. i think bridesmaids is way funnier just um so anyway i gave it two out of Don't five
1: shit in the dress <laughs> what's happening oh
0: you're doing it oh, you're, you're, doing shitting, it. In the you're shitting in the street um this next movie is actually a documentary it, um i had to look this up because i totally forgot what this movie was but it's called soaked in bleach um this is actually a very interesting documentary about kurt cobain's suicide and the conspiracy around whether or not he was killed um, so, I've obviously listened to Nirvana not a ton. I wouldn't consider myself like a giant Nirvana fan. Um, the whole Nirvana wave and popularity was a little bit before our time. Um, but the whole Kurt Cobain suicide is a big moment in music history and pop culture history. And I was going to
1: say it's like a big societal thing that people are like infatuated very
0: with. very infatuating subject. So, this movie is about this detective trying to explore the idea of whether or not Kurt Cobain was killed and it was staged as a suicide or was it an actually true suicide? So, um, it's called soaked in bleach. Um, I don't watch a ton of documentaries, but I really enjoyed this documentary. I thought it was pretty good. Um, so if you're interested in Nirvana, if you like documentaries and sort of like, you know, murder mystery type shit, uh, I would check it out. The next movie up on the list is called spotlight. And I believe spotlight won best picture this year in 2015. It is about the Boston Globe, I believe, some reported investigative journalists at the Boston Globe uh, investigating Catholic Church accusations of sexual abuse on behalf of Catholic priests to basically young boys and young children. Um, So obviously, that's a subject that is like well known and well kind of well documented and has been studied by a lot of different great people. jokes are out there about um it. but this is a very serious sort of dramatic you know telling of the investigation of some articles that were released by the boston globe and um pull up the cast because you got it pulled up there on imdb but it's got mark ruffalo michael keaton's in it um i think rachel mcadams it's got a ton of famous Blame actors schreiber i see stanley tucci john slattery um, a ton of famous people are in this movie and it's just, it's a really good, if you like, um, stories about like newspapers uncovering like big stories and,
1: uh, oh, you like newspapers finally doing their job. Nice.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a nice, uh, you know, it's like, oh, remember a time when like journalists and, and news s- organizations did, something you, like, did real work. They didn't it's, lie. Yeah. Oh, there's a little crazy. bit of that. Um, but it's, it's, it's got a real, um, Famous scene of Mark Ruffalo. Um, the the Rewatchables podcast actually uses the clip, and they they named one of their awards after his character in this movie for overacting. <laughs> um, you can decide whether or not you think it's overacting or not. But Mark, it's a, it's another. So I talked about Infinitely Polar Bear being one of Mark Ruffalo's like real acting performances for the year. This is probably the more well known one um, for Spotlight, obviously because Spotlight wins Best Picture. But um, I really enjoyed Spotlight. I thought it, it's you know it's a, another kind of like room heavy subject matter, but a very well-made movie. So um, if, if you're into that sort of stuff, I would highly recommend Spotlight. Um, next up is Ted 2. So this is the sequel to the Mark Wahlberg, Seth MacFarlane uh, talking bear <laughs> comedy that they released. So Seth MacFarlane, it's just, obviously I mean, it's, it's known as the creator of Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland show. He's a super famous you know comedic voice actor and writer. Um, He voices Ted in the movie and it's, you know, Ted, this sort of CGI talking bear bounces off of and interacts with Mark Wahlberg's character, who's his best friend since birth. So this is the sequel to Ted. Um, I was definitely not very impressed with Ted 2. I liked Ted 1 a lot. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I gave Ted Two like two and a half I mean, out of it's, five. It's
1: entertaining, but if you're gonna watch them, you're gonna go watch the original Ted instead yeah. of Ted Two. Yeah. I mean, but it's entertaining. Like you'll, it's, it's fine. You'll Watch yeah. it if it's on, and you'll be like, yeah, whatever. I'll like, we'll get yeah. some chuckles out of it. But like, there's not definitely not
0: funny moments for sure. For it's it. kind of like um, Daddy's Home Two, like what we were talking about earlier. Like if you liked the first one, I'm sure you'll find some enjoyment out of the second one. I just wouldn't really
1: like. Highly recommended. If it or you've anything. never seen it, but you've seen the first one, watch it. But then, yeah. you're like I said, you're, you're going to probably gonna be it, a little You're going to go watch Ted instead of right, Ted Two, right? For sure.
0: Um, okay, so not much more to add about Ted Two. The last one up, or the next one up, is called The Last Witch Hunter, and this is actually a Vin Diesel-led movie, basically about a guy who, like, hundreds, if not thousands, of years ago, was a part of this group of like Viking warriors who basically tried to kill a witch. And as they kill the witch, this witch basically curses Vin Diesel's character with everlasting life. So he basically can never die. He watches his family and all of his descendants die and continues to live and stays the same age. And so heals up from all his injuries. It's basically like Wolverine. Um, and then it, it kind of flashes forward to present day. And he's still a witch hunter because in this world there are witches who are up to no good. And he's been around for thousands of years and he has all this practice killing witches. And so now he's in like, it's this immortal guy who's in like modern day New York City killing witches, basically. It's kind of like a, I would say it's in the vein of like Resident Evil or um, Underworld. If you like those kind of like sort of on the edge of like B grade sort of monster action movie type things, um, I would recommend this one. I think it's pretty watchable. Ingrid in it. Yeah you know nothing Jon Snow Um, yeah she's in this Um, it's pretty good it's not like a really great movie it's got Elijah Wood who plays Frodo Baggins in it and Michael Caine yeah Michael Caine Um, yeah I would recommend it I think I gave it what did I put on here 3 out of 5 yeah if you like Underworld if you like Resident Evil shit like that I think you'll enjoy The Last Witch Hunter so it's a non-Fast and Furious Vin Diesel movie which are very few and far between but Fast
1: Furious 7 did come out this year
0: it did yeah Eight years ago. I can't believe the seventh one was eight years ago.
1: Dude, can you believe we graduated college seven years ago? Yeah, we're old, dude. Me especially. Like, fucking get my headstone ready. Holy (laughs) shit.
0: (laughs) Um, The next movie up on the list is a movie called The Lazarus Effect. Uh, This has, is it Olivia Wilde is in this? And Mark Duplass. Um, It's basically... Duplassie. It's a very short movie. I think the movie's only like an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 20 or something like that. But it's basically about these scientists who figure out how to bring people back from the dead. Um, and so Olivia Wilde is one of the scientists and I think like either the girlfriend or wife of Mark Duplass's character or someone. And she dies and they decide that they have the capability to bring her back. So they debate for a while on whether they should do it or not they do it and she comes back and surprise surprise she's evil as fuck
1: <laughs> that's basically my summary yeah of the, let's just the not Lazarus bring effect. people back from the dead yeah. like the dead people are dead they're either in hell or they're in heaven like just leave them they're probably happier there than they were here so let's just leave yeah them there's
0: dead. a lot of uh lot of literature and art that has explored and writings that have explored the idea of bringing people back from the dead throughout human history and I think the general consensus is we should probably stay away from it.
1: Imagine like bringing someone back and you're like nah we gotta kill them and then they're like <laughs> invincible and you're like fuck. Like
0: evil dead, pet cemetery, yeah, let's there's just, a lot of shit out there that's about basically like you know, this like, is not a great idea. Demons are
1: usually people that died and their like spirits are there and their spirits are really fucked up and hard to deal with so like let's not bring the actual person back.
0: So I gave this one two out of five stars. It's not really, if you if you like horror movies, It's not even really that good of a horror movie, to be completely honest. It's fine. Um, If you're really stretched thin and wanting a new horror movie to watch and you haven't seen this one, I would say check it out. But it's real short. I mean, I can say that much. It's like watching a long episode of Game of Thrones or something. But, um, yeah, nothing to write home about, really, with the Lazarus effect. Um, Next one up is a movie called The Visit. And this is actually sort of M. Night Shyamalan's late... Later career resurgence movie. This is a found footage style shot horror movie from M Night Shyamalan, and it's basically this is a super intriguing uh, pitch for a movie. I actually enjoyed the visit. Um, these it's about so it's shot like found footage style, obviously like you know handheld camera style, sort of uh, paranormal activity esque sort of stuff, or Blair Witch or whatever you know. Insert whatever you want in there. Um, these two kids, these grandkids, go. Their mom like, drops them off at their grandparents' house to or, or sends them on a trip or whatever to go visit their grandparents because they haven't had a chance to spend time around their grandparents or whatever. The kids go on this trip by themselves, go spend time in their grandparents' house, start noticing that like creepier and creepier shit is happening around the house. And the grandma and the grandpa are acting weirder and weirder. And I won't give away the spoiler, but throughout the movie, they have to uncover why this, like, seemingly supernatural or creepy shit is happening with their grandparents and in the house at night. Very intriguing setup and concept. I know you're probably not going to watch it because you don't like horror movies. Nope. but um,
1: I'm watching the trailer right now, and I'll uh, <laughs> definitely be able to tell if I would watch it or not.
0: It's got some really good, creepy fucking moments in it.
1: But, like, some, a na- naked grandma jump. out scratching the wall? Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, it's... F- because you know, they didn't show it this part, but like, you would open the door and the grandma would like turn around and like yeah. be like twitching towards you. Yeah, not. Nah, well, nah, they I'm might out. they
0: might show one of the biggest jump scares in the trailer, uh, but it's a fucking unsettling and creepy movie. Um, and this kind of jump started uh, M Night Shyamalan's career again because he had been in kind of a big slump. And obviously, M Night Shyamalan's known for The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and The Village and some like really, really popular suspense and horror movies throughout the last couple of decades. Um, He has since gone on to make like Old and Knock at the Cabin, which actually just came out earlier this year. Um, I like M. Night Shyamalan's movies. M. Night Shyamalan's movies, your mileage may vary with them depending on what the twist ends up being. A lot of them are centered around a twist. Ooh, yeah, that's one of the scariest parts in that movie. (laughs) Um, So if you like the twist the movie's really good if you don't think the twist is as compelling then a lot of times that affects your feeling of the overall movie itself but um yeah i liked the visit i thought it was pretty solid
1: imagine being at your grandparents house and you're like mom grandma and grandpa are off the rails they're fucking demons you need to come back and save us cuz they're going to kill us and your mom's like no i'm on a cruise like fucking die like <laughs> N- yeah. fucking die like oh, it's a good, it's a
0: good concept for a movie I like it um, next up is a movie called The Wolf Pack and this is actually another documentary I threw a couple documentaries on here I watched this movie when I was in college and it was very weird but also really interesting at the same time and it's basically a true story about excuse me this um, this family and it's a bunch of brothers I think there's like five or six of them and their dad Basically f- Due to some sort of weird Like mental thing He's got going on or maybe it's a religious Motivation he basically like won't Let his family leave their apartment And I think they live in like New York or something So consequently these kids grow up Never leaving their house They're not allowed to leave only the dad will leave And he goes out and like brings food back And works a job or does whatever but the mom And the sons are all confined To the house And what these kids do is they basically, in order to connect with the world, they watch movies all the time and then reenact the movies in their apartment. So they'll, like, get props. They dress up in, in like, wardrobe and costume and all this kind of stuff and reenact the movies. And this documentary is kind of the story about this weird idiosyncratic family and this dad who basically, like, kind of imprisons his family in their apartment. It's a very, very strange story. But good documentary. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty odd, pretty odd story. I see you're watching the trailer over there, but like, like right there, they're reenacting reservoir dogs and like, you know, they're dressed up as Batman <laughs> doing so like the, throughout the whole time, like, Where is she? yeah, they actually had Bane and, and Batman fighting. Um, so, you know, it's like, it's a weird kind of study of how this family is able to like, you know, l- learn things about the world and go to school and interact with each other. And obviously they're very socially awkward cause they have no friends other than themselves. And, very interesting thing and then i think they eventually you know obviously there's these shots of them outside of the apartment i think they eventually either the dad gives up on or they turn 18 and he decides fuck it you can finally leave or something i don't remember exactly what happens but they're able to kind of go out in the world so a lot of the documentaries about like how are these kids gonna integrate into society and fit in and be normal kind they're of not thing. you gotta think they're not they're gonna be pretty weird. If the if, if all you were ever allowed to do was be in your house with your brother and all you guys did was just watch movies and reenact movies. Bro, you'd probably be pretty weird.
1: I know know that this isn't a stereotype, but like my cousins were homeschooled mm-hmm. and they're socially awkward and they were yeah. homeschooled. I mean, they had like freedom to go do other things, but it's like but you, there's- you take away um, as I tell people, I'm like, even if you don't want to go to college, I suggest you go to college for at least one year, live in a dorm and just experience what it's like to be on your own. And it's like important college because for your social, you learn your, and your social growth. and emotional growth is so big, but you learn so much other shit that you're like, like, all right, I can go back and live with my parents. But like, if I never had that experience, I would be like, like my freshman year, bro was a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, you learn
0: a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about other people. You have to interact with through, them.
1: You go through fucking ups and fucking downs.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and you like- you have to learn a lot about yourself, too, because yeah. you're on your own largely for the first time in your life. You're interacting with people from all different walks of life. Yep. Of varying political and religious opinions and different areas and of the country. And you're living with a stranger. You're living with a stranger, sharing, essentially. Like, yeah. You, you got
1: used to sharing a bathroom with your brother or sister, and now yeah. you're sharing a bathroom with like seven other people. Yeah, it's a very
0: important experience and it's a wild experience. And so for like this. This family, you know, they don't have any of that. They never had they didn't even go to elementary, elementary school, school yeah. middle school, high school. They had no interaction I mean, with like, other one like other people outside
1: of, their family. Think of like, you know, where we went to high school. I think four elementary schools all funneled into the middle school. So then you're I mean, we all played sports with other kids from other elementary schools, but like we grew up with like our elementary school family. Like, yeah. you know, Taya and I, we've known each other since we were five you know and it's like but that's because we went to the same elementary school then the middle school then the high school and you've had to interact but with then you get meshed into a bunch of people, people and people in find high your school. friend group and all right. this kind of stuff yeah. and then you get meshed into a bunch of people in middle school and high school and then you go to college and then yeah, it's you know the entire world of people that want to go to a higher education going to one like you know that yeah. school yeah and you're just like fuck
0: and you get to see like how people act when they're away from their parents for like, the first time in their like life. one of my and
1: closest friends my freshman year was a kid from alaska oh yeah i mean him like would do all sorts of shit together and then he's like yeah i'm going back to alaska i'm like fuck you dude we had a whole (laughs) another semester (laughs) so anyway wolfpack is an
0: interesting documentary there's two documentaries on this list i think that's really i think largely the only documentaries i've had on these movie flashback lists but anyway so i recommend that one if you're if you want to check out kind of an interesting subject matter the last movie on the list for the new movies there's a movie called Trumbo, and this is the Brian Cranston starring movie about the screenwriter. I think his name was Dalton Trumbo, yeah. um, who long ago in Hollywood was basically like blacklisted because he was a communist, I think, is the story. I don't remember a lot of the it's details about like it. It's almost like Hollywood's
1: but, blacklisting people now because of political beliefs. But
0: uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good movie. Um, I gave it three out of five stars. I mean, I like Brian Cranston as an actor a lot. And I'm I'm obviously interested in writing and and movies and screenwriting. So a lot of it is like about Hollywood and how it used to work and getting movies made and this guy's sort of efforts to continue to work as a screenwriter while he was getting blackballed by Hollywood because of his political ideologies and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's interesting. Can you scroll down? Did did Brian Cranston get? nominated at all for this movie i can't remember if he did or not if you go to nominated
1: those nominated for one oscar it's probably him if you Eight click on that 45 total nominations
0: it'll show what it is it's probably for him if i had to guess
1: best performance by an actor yeah, in a sure enough role.
0: yeah so he got the nomination that year so uh brian cranston obviously of breaking bad fame and then formerly malcolm in the middle um, but He's, is in my opinion from- in
1: malcolm in the middle
0: in my opinion one of our greatest living actors that brian cranston's fucking money and everything he's in yep. so um yeah it's perfectly enjoyable i wouldn't say it's like a fantastic movie or anything but um that brings us to the end of the list of the new movies like i said i won't go through the list of original movies you can go check out time. the first episode that we did of the 24 2015 flashback um one thing that i did want to do right before we hop into the new top five is just shout out a couple of movies um, it looks like four or five here that I think are fantastic movies from this year that did not make the top five. Um, one of those being Creed, the original Creed movie. I'm a huge fan of that whole trilogy. The third one just came out earlier this year. I like Creed a lot. I think those are damn good movies.
1: I just My um, only issue with the Creed movies, and I'll make this quick because I know we're pushing time heavy here, um, is, and it's the same thing with the Star Wars because Force Awakens came out. They just... It's like a rewrite, you know. New characters re- rewrite, though. It, very entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like Creed as well. But I, jeez. I,
0: <coughs> you okay over there?
1: Um, out of the two boxing movies released this year, I prefer Southpaw over Creed. Oh, interesting. I like
0: Southpaw as a movie. It's just a fucking downer of a story. I think it's it's a downer
1: of a story, but I enjoy the Rocky movies so much that when they release Creed and you like follow everything through it, you're like up and coming fighter. You know, he's got a big name to him. He's got a big name to live up to. Now his trainers fighting cancer or something like, you know, it wasn't. An exact replica of Rocky, but it's a lot of the same story. An exact replica of Rocky, so it was one of those like very entertaining. I like all the movies. I'm you know I'll watch them all again and again. But if I'm gonna pick a boxing movie out of that year, I'm gonna pick Southpaw.
0: All right, fair enough. Um, Like I said, I think I like Creed more just because Southpaw is such a fucking downer of a movie. It is such a depressing story. But I love me some Jake Gyllenhaal, and I love boxing movies, so Southpaw is a a solid one. It's just really, really depressing. It is. Um, Another one I wanted to shout out is a movie called Legend. Have you seen Legend, the Tom Hardy movie where he's playing the Cray Twins, the gangsters? Fantastic movie. I fucking love Legend. If you like Peaky Blinders, and obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you know that we've done two episodes on Peaky Blinders. Uh, Tom really Hardy. you just
1: like any gangster movies. Yeah,
0: Tom Hardy is, is in Peaky Blinders. But if you're wanting more of him being a British gangster, not the same time period. This is like during the 60s, I think. But check out the movie called Legend. It's a dual Tom Hardy performance where he plays both Cray brothers, who are twins, who were famous gangsters in London in the 1960s. Really, really good movie. Highly recommend it. Um, another one I wanted to shout out, um, and this is not like underrated by any means, but Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Just a fucking tremendous action movie. And Tom Cruise continues to knock it out of the park every time he may- releases a new Mission Impossible. Speaking of which, next it's week, like Mission next Impossible week or, 7. Yeah. I'm fucking very excited for it. Um, so yeah, Rogue Nation, tremendous. Recommend that one. Straight out of Compton, excellent movie. Um, we actually got the director's cut. It's like an extended edition director's cut on Blu-ray. And I really like that version of the movie. So if you can get your hands on that version, I would recommend it. It's got obviously like a little bit extended. There's some additional scenes that got cut out of the theatrical cut, but straight out of Compton, really, really good movie. Thoroughly entertaining. And then the last one I wanted to shout out before we get into the top five is a movie called The Man from Uncle. Uh, The Man from Uncle is the Henry Cavill starring Guy Ritchie movie, which is basically... If you were ever gonna argue that Henry Cavill should be James Bond, this would be the audition tape that I would show you to prove my point of saying Henry Cavill would make a fantastic James Bond. It's basically like set like in the 70s, I think. But it's a Guy Ritchie, you know, Guy Ritchie's obviously, you know, famous for making British gangster sort of comedy action like heist movies. Um, and the Man from Uncle is about Henry Cavill playing a an American like CIA spy having to team up with a Russian spy to stop some sort of you know nuclear crisis or whatever it is. But highly entertaining, very stylistic. It's shot beautifully. It's funny. And just features Henry Cavill looking super suave and being a an awesome like badass spy in it. So, highly recommend The Man from Uncle. I just rewatched it recently. It still holds up. Um, that's a really good movie. Um, okay, so now without further ado, let's get into the top five. So, the original top five that I had from 2015 when we did the first movie flashback goes as follows: Number five, The Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino's movie from 2015, The Big Short the movie about the financial crisis, Mad Max Fury Road, which is the Mad Max Legacy sequel featuring Tom Hardy, which is one of the best action movies ever made. Star Wars the Force Awakens, which obviously the first movie in the Disney sequel reboot of Star Wars, and Steve Jobs.
1: Speaking of Star Wars real quick, I saw something that George Lucas is wanting to buy back the rights to Star Wars and remake episodes 7, 8, and 9. Would you would you be in on that? Yeah, I would. I would. I think it would be way better. But, I could easily throw away the whole Ray and Kylo Ren and just be like, I never saw it. I think and the watch same
0: thing story. goes for the Game of Thrones thing. Of if I were to say to you, wouldn't you rather see seasons six, seven, and eight be George R. written directly by George R. R. Martin and yes. based on his final two yes. novels versus what we got? I would say yes, 100%. Yes. I think a lot of people would say yes. Same thing for Star Wars. I want to see what George Lucas's sequel trilogy yes. would look
1: like. I agree. 100%. So, yeah. Okay. I um, just had to throw it out there because I saw something about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I That's like, a very intriguing... If they one. have the money to buy it back, fucking buy it back. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I
0: don't know if that's actually going to happen, but we'll see. Um, do you have an original top five?
1: Did yeah, you? it's on the original episode, so go find okay. the original episode and listen to my original top five. I had but you don't these, have it written down. I think it's on my laptop because we did these out okay. in the kitchen, and I can't fire up my laptop. Okay, fair enough. Um, but, but I got a new one. But it could be the same top five. I don't know. I was gonna say, did you make a? Did you redo a top five? Yeah, I don't have any particular order because I'm kind of one of those people that I can watch a movie and just keep watching the movie. Yeah. Um. So I have Mad Max Fury Road just because. Okay. So we both have that. It's it's one of those movies that you watch it and you're just like. Mm.
0: Dude, mm-hmm. it, in my opinion, it's one of the greatest action movies ever made. And it, it is nonstop action. When you watch right. that movie, there's like five minutes maybe or, of like not crazy action. And then from then on out, it's just you, pure you, action. You the finally are like, there. all
1: right, we're at a point where we can get a break. And then you're like, no breaks. No, there's lights. No and breaks. You're like, got to go, got
0: to go. It's just shooting and driving and car crashes and explosions for an hour and a half. Yep. It's fucking tremendous. I um,
1: it. So I have that on my list. I have The Martian. It's one of my great movie I have that downloaded on my phone. It's probably my most go to I'm on an airplane like airplane it's, it's like a perfect like two two and a half hour long like take yeah. my time
0: um I actually just read the book earlier this year. The book is really good too. I like the martian a lot
1: i i'm I'm like you know we're both fascinated by space, but that's like one of those yeah. things that I'm like like for some reason, Mount everest space and like deep water exploration is kind of like. Yeah. And history. I love like right. World War Two type history yeah. shit. Um but so the Martian always gets like I could watch that not. It scratches a lot of those itches. Yeah. Um I have the night before.
0: Oh, just, the comedy, the Christmas comedy. It's just
1: too funny. when he. That's a
0: funny movie. One dude. of
1: my favorite parts is they're going to the Midnight Mass, and he's got his Christmas sweater on, which is a star of David. And isn't he um, tripping on mushrooms and or he's something? On, he's tripping on mushrooms or something for the first time. For the first time ever, yeah, and he's and in church for a Christmas he, season. He looks at it like his wife. He's like, I'm tripping my balls out. And he's like, do you think they know I'm Jewish? And she's like, you're wearing a star, star of David. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they know you're Jewish. It's one of those, like, ultimate funny movies that, like, I don't know. It's just so funny. It's a like, very good.
0: I like that movie a lot. It's, it's very such, funny.
1: So I put that on there just because I gotta kind of have. Uh, I gotta. I, I enjoy having a good laugh.
0: That's the Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, I have The Revenant on here as well. Ooh. Um, it's, we've the, it's t- the movie that got Leo his Oscar. Finally. We've talked about this movie a lot, and I think this could easily be the best movie of the year if they cut out like. 45 minutes of some of the just like laying in dirt for for 10 minutes like okay we got it he had to hide and he's tucked himself in a little like you know cave of dirt we can cut out the 10 minutes that we show him laying there sleeping like some of like the only reason issue I had with that movie was just like
0: it's just overly long
1: overly long and and overly long in the sense of if there's action and storyline going on through all of it I wouldn't complain but it's a lot of it's like Holy shit, you could cut so much time if we yeah. just got rid of like the 10 minutes of laying in dirt. Yeah. Show him for a minute laying in dirt, show him waking up. Yeah. Boom.
0: Um so this is this is the movie and I, I we probably covered a lot of this on the original episode, but this is the movie that's directed by I think it's, his name is Alejandro Iñárritu and he won Best Picture and I think Best Director for a movie called Birdman with Michael Keaton a couple years before this and that movie is shot similar to the revenant where it's shot in a way that looks like one long continuous take which is very fascinating the cinematography and the directing style of the revenant makes the revenant go from what would be like what i would consider to be a pretty average survival story into like a re- like one of the best movies released that year, and an a Oscar-winning performance from Leo.
1: It's just too long. Like it's that's just my very only long. beef with it. Is
0: I think I need to rewatch The Revenant because I've only ever seen it once. And Leo is my favorite actor, and I was happy that he finally won his Oscar for this. I don't think this is his best performance of his career. Like if if you could go back and retroactively give him the Oscar for a different one, I Wolf think you could maybe give it to him for Wolf of Wall Street, legitimately. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad he finally got it. I wasn't as high on The Revenant when I first saw it as I wanted to be. So I kind of want to give it another shot. But it is one of those movies where it's like a very grueling experience to watch that movie. It's not a very fun story. No. <laughs>
1: you know? It's kind of like... Um, shit, I can't think of the movie. It's got um, Christian Bale. He's like escorting um, a family like through a bunch of like, Indian territory... Uh, fuck. Why can't I think about it? I don't know. It's a really, really like a good movie. Yeah. I, it's one it's of not the movies I really, really No, right? no. It's one of the movies I really, really like. And oh, I, I don't just know what you're can't. talking about. He's like escorting a lady, and I believe she has a, I don't know if it's a son or an adopted. Hostiles? Hostiles, yes. Great movie. Oh, Great dude. Movie. So fucking good. It's kind of like a Fantastic Western. It gets you like into you it, and you're like, "Fuck!" and then you're kind of like, "Holy shit, this is like deep, deep." Yeah, great, great entertainment, but deep. One of those movies you're like, "It's a heavy, Damn. heavy." Like you're not matter, gonna yeah. laugh at all. Or you're yeah, you're not like, gonna be like, "Oh, let's throw on Hostiles yeah, or The you're, Revenant you're, you're and have a great like, time." It's not you're, a great you're like, time. <laughs> all right, I want to watch something heavy. Right yeah, now. it's
0: heavy for sure.
1: Uh, and then I have Sicario. I think we both have Sicario. Dude, that fucking movie is just too
0: fucking bad. tremendous. Okay, so. The big changes to my top five, so the the ones that are still in there from the original list are Steve Jobs, Mad Max Fury Road, and The Big Short. Two movies that got pulled out of the rankings were Star Wars The Force Awakens. Which was your number two movie at the time. Right. So the reshuffled rankings are now number five, The Big Short, number four, Sicaria, which you mentioned that you have as well. Number three, a movie called Ex Machina, which I'll get to in a second. Number two, Mad Max Fury Road, and number one is still Steve Jobs. I fucking love Steve Jobs. I feel like that's kind of an underrated movie, and and, and maybe not a lot of people are as high on that movie as I am, but I, I don't think you've ever watched love CGI's that movie. movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, so anyway, the new entrance is Sicario. Let's talk about that for a second. That's the Denis Villeneuve-directed movie written by Taylor Sheridan starring Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin in the... Basically, Mexican drug cartel border crisis, you know, set sort of storyline. And it is a dark and intense thriller action movie about basically this FBI agent who is investigating deaths and um, cartel incursion into the United States, who then experiences an event related to that and then gets looped into it by, is it the CIA? Who does Josh Brolin's character work for? I believe the the CIA gets, she gets brought in to kind of assist the CIA in trying to track down and really cut the head off the snake of this giant drug cartel in Mexico. And then you have, um, it's not Javier Bardem, uh, Benicio del Toro, Benicio del Toro's character is this sort of shadowy, Spanish speaking person who is like this badass that the CIA kind of, and you're, you're, you're experiencing the story through Emily Blunt's perspective. Right. So she's trying to figure out who this guy is as well. And she's like, how is he exactly associated with the CIA? Cause he's not clearly doesn't work for them, but is like some sort of consultant that they're using to get to this drug cartel. And it's like Josh Brolin's character and his character are just doing shit without informing Emily Blunt of really what they're doing and consequently getting her into incredibly dangerous situations. Really, really good movie. I'm such a, a huge fan of Sicario. Have you seen number two? No. Not nearly as good. It's still very good, though. It's not directed by Denis Villeneuve, and I think that's what makes it not quite as mm-hmm. good because Denis Villeneuve is like one of the best directors working right now. So, I think that's it's a different director doing it. I think that's kind of what makes it not quite as good. But I think if you liked the first one, you'll feel yeah, like one's number so two. Good. I think number two is a little more action-packed, I think. There's like more sort of shoot em, shoot 'em up action mm. scenes in it and stuff like that. But. Very sort of similar, like you know, the soundtrack throughout yeah. Sicario, where it's like this they're driving across the border and going into Mexico, and it's like this, Whoa, like this like ominous fucking when soundtrack. You're driving through an
1: empty desert. Yeah. And you're like, you know, it's not empty.
0: The soundtrack creates throughout the whole movie this sense of just ominous dread of like something bad is about to happen. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sicario. It's fucking a great love movie. that movie. Um, The other movie that's on here that's new is Ex Machina.
1: Have you ever seen Ex Machina? No, it was one of those I saw the previews and it just didn't, didn't grab me.
0: Yeah. So this, I think, is one of the best science fiction movies to come out of the last 10 to 20 years. And if you like artificial intelligence stuff, which obviously you and I have done a couple episodes on artificial intelligence, highly recommend Ex Machina. It's got Oscar Isaac and Alicia Vikander... And then uh, I think his name is pronounced Donald Gleason. Um, he's Brendan Gleason's uh, son. It's basically about a guy who's a programmer at a big sort of Google-esque company. They don't explicitly name it Google in the movie, but it's very Google-esque. And he gets he wins some sort of prize to go basically spend some time with the CEO and founder of this big tech company that he works for on this guy's like private. Uh, top of the line, um, technologically advanced, super secure house out in the middle of nowhere. So he basically like flies this guy out and he meets Oscar Isaac's character, who's the CEO and founder of this company. And Oscar Isaac's character essentially tells him, the reason why you're here is to help me test whether or not I have officially created an artificially intelligent being. You're here to be the human in a, in a Turing mm. test. Remember we talked about Turing yeah, tests? Yeah. Very, very good, dude. It's an A24 movie. Again, it's a lot of that, like, the soundtrack imbues this, like, sense of, like, ominous dread. And basically the whole movie is, is laid out like all of these different sit-down sort of interrogation conversations that occur between Donald Gleason's character, the programmer, and this robot female robot portrayed by right. Alicia Vikander who is this artificial intelligent robot that Oscar Isaac's character created and he's trying to test whether this thing is true artificial intelligence it's fucking really good S- big fan of that so movie. good so, so good so anyway that rounds out the top five so the top five for 2015 did get tweaked slightly a couple couple movies got bumped a couple movies uh made it in there um so obviously my taste and changes have uh or my tastes in movies from this year have have changed slightly so thanks everybody for tuning in to the 2015 flashback flashback you know. um we'll continue to move along these until we get all the way caught up and then i think you know i've mentioned this on previous episodes i ultimately want to come up with like a top five we're gonna of have the to go last back and 10 listen years.
1: to all of them or whatever just to pull all of our top fives and then pull well i have them all on
0: lists but yeah i don't <laughs> you don't you'll have to go listen to the episodes Um, But that's kind of like ultimately where we're getting to Um, because obviously we started this. I started keeping track of it in 2013. Um, We're in 2023. So at the beginning of next year, I'll have 2023's list and we can kind of retroactively go back. I'm just going to put it out there. If Oppenheimer
1: is anything like the previews, it'll be my number one movie. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I
0: was just we were walking out of the parking garage today and I was telling Ty, I was like, I have a feeling John Wick 4. Yep. Mission Impossible Seven and Oppenheimer are all gonna end up in my top
1: five. For L- the end at of least the year. John Wick 4 and um Oppenheimer. Yeah. Just, like just knowing me and my taste, and yeah. I have a feeling those are gonna dude, end up. We left John Wick 4 and when we were the three of us were walking out of the theater, I'm like, dude, I could go watch that again. That like would right be now.
0: So fucking
1: good. <laughs> and then oh my yeah, God. just the Oppenheimer, everything about it is like I don't think that there's anything in that movie. People like I know people can be like, "Well, there wasn't very much action." I'm like, it's not an action movie. It's the intense story of how we yeah. literally destroyed two cities.
0: It's a biopic about J. Robert Oppenheimer and a political thriller. Right. It's about the atomic bomb being the, developed and used in World War II. The
1: worst weapon ever developed in yeah. human history, or the it most could be destructive the, weapon. The, ever The goal created. of it was peace like yeah. with this weapon there will be no war and it's like well yeah. with this weapon we'll just wipe out history
0: i am become death the destroyer <sighs> of worlds
1: so ready for that fucking movie bro Fuck, our man. tickets are already purchased yep tickets are already bought ready to roll. <laughs> so yeah <sighs> ma-
0: we, we might do a christopher nolan oppenheimer pod later this yes. year after we see it oh, yeah, i think we'll 100%. be pretty fucking excited about that yes caleb might caleb we might have do a to come back on the Manhattan podcast yeah
1: uh, yeah episode all Super excited.
0: Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been the 2015 movie Flashback Flashback. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. I think we were talking a little bit before the episode. We might do a little we, redo We have three alien episodes and artificial in intelligence yeah. coming up here soon because we have done episodes on those in the past, but they, those two topics have been in the news a lot recently. There's been a lot of recent developments, so I think we kind of want to dive into some of that stuff. So maybe some more mind-bending episodes Th- coming will here, be, here soon.
1: Those two will definitely be longer episodes, and then we're going to yeah. jump into a sports episode eventually doing a greatest athlete to wear every number yeah, from zero to 99. So all three of those will end up being long episodes, but that's what we're kind of planning yeah, those right are, now. Those are the so.
0: ideas we're spitballing right now. So stay tuned for those coming up. Um, those will be exciting. Those will be – I know some of our more like – uh crazy topic mind bender episodes tend to do pretty well and seem the to be free thinking people, where we so. can
1: i mean like we don't know we don't have knowledge on aliens so it's one of those things like yeah the sightings and videos and stuff we do it's like, just fun speculation just, right fun speculation and then we could go into how aliens built the pyramids <laughs> I love how that's always so. the fucking the, the ending statement is just like and the aliens built <laughs> the pyramids so let's move on all right moving on but uh, yeah, so look forward to those episodes coming out in the future. Um, those are our ideas right now that we're yeah. we're planning. So, but yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back with one of those three episodes probably as our next episode.
0: Yeah, well, thanks everybody for listening. Yep. Until next time, bye bye.